Hey, this is Bowen here, and thanks for tuning in. This is part of an ongoing series of conversations with fellow writers that I've been doing for the past year or so. And today's conversation is with Sam Kahn, the writer behind Castalia Journal on Substack. Sam also writes as part of the Inner Life Collective, and he and I get into a wide variety of topics, including how we came to writing on Substack, the need for self-expression, the question of why write, and is it hard, the challenges of editing, using addiction or some other subject as the hinge for one's writing, how writing can be salvational, and how it can help us get the wheel turning from compulsive and consumptive to creative and generative. We also talk about the power of community for writers and on Substack in particular, and how that means making an explicit effort to support each other's growth as writers. Finally, we get to one of my favorite topics, masculinity and identity, which is as complicated or as simple as you want to make it. Either way, and I want to thank Sam for putting it this way, it's a valid topic. All in all, Our goal with this conversation is to introduce each other more deeply to you as writers and to speak from our own personal experience. I hope that you'll choose to subscribe to both of our substacks. You can find mine at bowendwelly.substack.com and Sam's at castaliajournal.substack.com. Please enjoy the conversation. My name is Bowen Dwelly and uh, my substack is... Currently called an ordinary disaster, which is also the name of the memoir manuscript that I just completed and uh, will be seeking publication for. Today, I've got with me Sam Khan, who writes uh, Castalia. You know, this is part of a series of conversations amongst writers uh, that I've been hosting since I began my Substack, more or less, uh, just over a year ago. You know, it's evolved over time. Uh, my goal at this point is to, you know, use it as a vehicle to get to know other writers and for us to support each other in our work and in our growth. So welcome, Sam. Great to have you here. Thank you. Have, and you've been doing a, a bunch of these? You've had, you've talked to a bunch of different people? I have. You know, initially, I did see it as more of a podcast, you know, where I reached out to kind of all sorts of people that I felt were interesting and, you know, were are interesting. Um, but I've since narrowed the focus to, like I say, to just conversations with other writers um, and, you know, and, and really mostly other writers who are active on Substack because that's, you know, the context in which I'm working uh, most actively and, it it gives us an opportunity to again to to support each other directly, which I, I feel is important. Cool. All right. So what should what should we start with? I mean, how did you come to Substack? And were you writing before? I mean, tell me a little bit about your your life as a writer. I mean, I've, I've been writing for for a long time, and I think it was I think it was really what I always wanted to do. And then it w- went through sort of the usual kind of uh trials and tribulations in kind of my 20s and 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 then and at at some point at some point I, I guess I was going through uh a series of bitternesses with about four different kind of industries at once um 
and just just feeling like there were there were a whole bunch of things that I felt I wanted to express that you know that I was having trouble uh, expressing and 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 having a lot of critiques of kind of the industry psychology that I was sort of running into. And and then there was just a point when it would uh, I guess I discovered what Substack was. I think I've been sort of looking to do something similar a few years ago and didn't know it existed. And then when I realized it was, there was kind of a moment when I was like, you know what, I, I really this is really something that I want to do with myself and something that I want to pour a lot of energy into. So so that's been the last year and I put a lot of energy into it. So I've been putting a lot of um Stuff that I'd written before, stuff that was just sort of living on my laptop for a long time, I sort of made it on, and then, and then you know, stuff that I'm writing regularly. And for me, this sort of theory is that it's you know, there's an ability to express a lot of different sides of yourself. So there's, um, I mean, there's just a certain tendency within Substack to want to within the internet in general to just want to brand and. You, know, you find kind of the one thing to say, and I really wanted this to be something that, whether it's on Substack or the platforms migrate, but sort of an approach that you know I'll do for essentially for the rest of my life of just you know wanting to you know to share sort of different aspects of self in a in a written form. So it's really been great. I mean, it's been. It's, <laughs> I mean, there's a point early on when it was pretty much just like you know blood and collateral relatives, and then uh, it was very very nice to to start finding community and you start exchanging notes with different people and you feel like you really know people very well after a few months so yeah anyway yeah. So tell, but, but tell me the story. You, had, you had a very interesting story for coming to writing it seems like <clears throat> well yeah some similarities and and you know some differences um uh but I, I i do see very much a commonality and my story is i mean i started writing a Substack again about yeah middle of last year um but I had been um, really for the last three or four years. Uh, I'd say four years ago, embarked on a project to 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 uh, convert myself into a writer, or to you know teach myself to be the writer that I kind of always wanted to be, um, but had not uh, ever um, you know focused on further you know because I was doing other things. You know, similarly, I had. You know, I, I even have been involved in the media industry, in fact, for, you know, many years in various ways and thought a lot about publishing and had, you know, had blogs and other things and that, you know, in, in the past um, and had imagined a more writer centric, less advertising centric platform. Sure enough, you know, as often happens, uh, someone else went ahead and built it. So uh, happy to be here. You know, it's uh, I think from a also from a technology point of view, as someone who has built a lot of actually big web technology over over the years and past careers, you know, I think Substack's doing a pretty damn good job with the platform. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the feeling that that I was having is. I remember about 2005 or something, I was like really trying to think through, okay, you know, what should the internet be? What would be, you know, an interaction that I would want to have with the internet? And and a feeling like it should be this, like it should be, you know, all of a sudden you don't have column inches to worry about. You don't have, 
limitations of physical products, you can just, you know, th there's no limit to how expressive you can be. And, and that's, that's really the direction that the internet should be going in. And then it felt like, it felt like we just took like a totally wrong turn around 2010 with kind of social media and yeah. just, and, and, and basically, I mean, the ability for everybody to talk to each other is okay, but having all these you know very narrow constraints and then the platforms get sort of more and more tyrannical. Um, so, I mean, I had really nothing to do. I wasn't on Twitter. I didn't have blogs. I wasn't doing any of this stuff. And yeah. Yeah, I just felt like I was kind of waiting for something like this to come around. I guess what follows for me from that that I want to ask you is like, so aside from like the, you know, the feeling that you want to write and you want to express yourself, which I think is, is critical yeah. to the human experience and, and, you know, something that if we just don't do, we're just, we're just fucked. Um, you know, just a, a necessary practice. Um, why do you write? Like, do you have sort of a project in a way or a goal or, you know, some, you get what I'm saying? Like a, a monument you're trying to build, so to speak, or. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really good question. Um, for me, the I mean, it's just the basic thing is that probably, you know, I think in words, I'm a verbal person, you know, I mean, there's just, I mean, there's a hopelessness for anything that's kind of, you know, visual or mechanical. So it's just my brain and trajectory was always going into one place from pretty early on. And you know, as a big reader, as a kid. And then I, I remember this moment, actually, when I when I was I was really young, but I remember this moment of like this light bulb being like, I'm going to be a writer. This is what I'm going to do. And it was all, but I, I can remember the moment. And, and there was a, there was a megalomania in there. And it was this feeling of like, oh, you know, what's the best kind of celebrity to be, you know, celebrity that isn't recognized this sort of thing. And so I, I battled with like, oh, am I being, am I being held captive by this megalomaniacal 11 year old? And so, you know, time goes by. And and a lot of thing a lot of things change, and so interesting. I, I, I went through a very, I'd say, a very difficult kind of block period somewhere in my like early mid twenties. Then there was a period where I felt like I got through that block, but then I was like hated what I was writing, and and then there was a block of like, getting stuff out. So yeah, it's. <laughs> At some point, I had, I had another epiphany when I was like, I was very high. I was on these very strong plant medicine. And I had this image. And somebody asked me, like, what do you do? Are you a writer? And I said, no, you know, I, I, I write. And it, was, and it was a very powerful moment for me. And then I had this vision of all these books burning, and it was sort of okay. And it was just this feeling of like, what it's not so much about having kind of an identity with something. It's about trying to be active in writing and trying to be kind of a continuous outputter of energy. So what I like about Substack is that it's a lot, it's less precious than print form publishing. You know, there's always this thing of, you know, oh, you know, you've produced your, you know, you've produced the manuscript and now, you know, here it yeah. is between covers and you must read it. And I think we're just where I've gotten to in my own trajectory writing is, is wanting writing to be just kind of closer to thought. And it's just you you try to get in these sort of you try to get in these flow states and you try to kind of honor whatever your impulses are. And then and then something comes out. And then, you know, you don't want to take up everybody's attention with it, but 
but you, you know, you just feel like it's somebody else's job to to judge it. It's not really yours. So that's that's kind of where I got to. And so it was like, so I felt that there was a confluence of kind of how I was thinking about writing with what Substack seemed to present. You know, you just a couple of things you said, you know, the megalomania of the 11 year old and like, you know, the vision I always, you know, it was always like, do you want to be a rock star or, you know, th- that's where the megalomania comes in. You know, the vision of like some sort of, um, you know, that that would be, I don't know, you know, <laughs> worth becoming, you know, for the sort of cultural reward. But, um, but I, you know, it felt the same at 11. 12, 13, 15, I mean, writer, even though as, you know, as much as I wanted to be a rock star, so to speak, that was, you know, not, that was in the realm of fantasy, whereas, you know, be, being a writer seemed to make sense to me because I, I you know, I read graciously and, you know, the people that I respected most were artists from the beginning, honestly, and, you know, the artists that I identified with personally the most were writers you know, that I could just feel some connection to. Um, and, um, well, and then I really forgot that, you know, um, as we kind of forget many things for various reasons, you know, life, work, et cetera, um, but also kind of darker reasons. And, you know, it was it was not until, you know, middle life, really, that that, um, that feeling resurfaced, you know, in a clear way. Um, I will- yeah, I want to hear more of what you you had a really nice term for it. What, what was it that you were? Oh, you you converted yourself to to being a writer. Yeah, I don't know if I like that word so much. What I mean to say is that there was a time, uh, well, I'd say five or six years ago. Um, I'm 53 now, so it's like as I was approaching 50, I began to remember more and more this oh. early drive and kind of intuition that you know i would have at some point become a writer and, and as this memory surfaced more and more often and more prominently yeah i began to realize that um you know as i wrote in in what i just put out yesterday in fact that you know there was kind of nothing else for me to do that you know that that was what i had to do at this point in life that I had yeah. arrived at that time. And so, you know, I kind of let out a big sigh. I was like, okay, well, I guess I better just start doing that. I better start, you know, studying and teaching myself and immersing myself in that, just like I kind of would anything else um, if I was, you know, pursuing something. And 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 that's what I did. I just began to immerse myself in it. And, and I, you know, I obviously I just still am. I'm just on the on the path there somewhere. Yeah, well, it really, it's really beautiful. I, what you've written, I really love this line you had about like, as you're getting into, I can't remember how you phrased it, but as you're kind of getting into more and more truth, there's sort of down the road of truth, there's like less and less truth. <laughs> like you're, you just find yourself like less certain about more and more things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah you, I mean, you went back a long way. You were really, I think, reviewing a lot of corners of your life and, you know, very dark corners and just doing it, you know, just doing it like really, you know, really trying to get it as honestly as possible. So it's hard to do. Is, you know, is it, I guess it is. I mean, you know, that's, uh, that really gets to the crux of so many things right there. You know, it's well, like, you, you would know, is it, is it hard to do or did it, did it come <laughs> out easily? I guess I would, what, yeah, I would say is like, it's, 
it's hard to do in the in the macro. It's, it's kind of easy to do in the micro. And what I mean by that is that you know, and this is a lot of what you know my book is about: figuring out how to tell my own truth. You know, tell the truth, which is just simply being able to say what I want to say of my own experience clearly, and you know, in a way that sounds true to me. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of a lot of practice and kind of digging and, you know, force of will in a way to excavate and continue to go deeper and beneath, you know, whenever I found a layer or a, a resistance or a fear, you know, or something hidden to to dig there. Um yeah. That's hard. Uh, the writing, on the other hand, of it, you know, feels 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 easy. It, it's, I mean, ish. You know, it's 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 pleasurable. I, I enjoy it, uh, and it it's not a struggle to, you know, get those words on paper. Um, and you know, even though, for example, any particular piece, I'd be interested to hear your process. You know. You know, I, I might write it once and then look at it two weeks later, tear it apart and almost completely, you know, rewrite it. And then I might look at it six months later and, and tear it apart again. And, and you know, there's there's some pieces that remain, but again, rework it completely. And again, that doesn't but that doesn't it doesn't feel arduous. You know, it feels like a natural part of the process. And I, I have to say, I'm yeah. That's I'm, I'm re, re, relieved and gratified to find that to be the case. I mean, I'd be doing the wrong thing if that was really damn difficult, right? Is that is that? Um, I mean, we're kind of jumping around, but is that is that part of how you write? I mean, I can't. I can't edit. I just. I literally can't do it. Um, and it's uh, <laughs> I have a job right now uh working as an editor so i can, I can do it for other people um yeah. but it's like you know but this thing about you know moving moving paragraphs around and this kind of you know slashing and things you've done i just for my own stuff i just i, I can't do it it's like oh, i mean it just feels yeah it just feels like there's kind of a, a breath and you kind of have a breath and then and then it's like and then it's there. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, then, you know, then fuck it. And you kind of go on to the next thing. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I think that's just sort of a little bit how my personality is structured. Uh, what I've been hoping, because I've heard people say that as you get older, you learn how to edit. And wow. that, becomes, that becomes a big part of the process. And then, I mean, obviously, a lot of stuff that I really like and admire has uh, you know, it's really edited and you can sort of feel the the layers and the way things are sort of stripped away. But the light bulb hasn't gone off for me on how that actually works. So yeah, I try to, I try to just like, you know, and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, you know, this, this paragraph isn't very interesting and you take it out and then it's, you know, and then you keep reading and it's like, oh, wait a minute, that actually did set things up. So, yeah. um, so at, at this point, at this point, I'm just sort of, accepting some limitations that I, you know, I tend to write long. I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out ways to, to work with different structures to write, just to write shorter. But 
yeah, I'm kind of very into this feeling of like, you know, it's just, it's just yeah. a thought, it's breath, and you just kind of follow with the flow. And it's somebody, it's somebody else's problem to figure out if it's good or not. But um, yeah, but I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think it would be, it'd be nice to, it feels like an important step. So it'd be nice to, it'd be nice to make that transition too. And, and you feel like it just gets better. Like you go, as you edit, you go deeper and deeper and you, you uncover different layers of what you really meant to say or. Yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know, for me, it's like, just came, comes, came kind of naturally as part of my process. I, I, it, it, I don't have for my part, like a hesitation to go in and kind of tear things apart. Um, you know, to a point at some point, I'm sure I want to, you know, put it out there or, you know, move on, but because you don't want to tinker with something forever, obviously. Uh, but I do feel like it gets better. I, yeah, I mean, and, and, and this kind of, there's like a distillation. Um, the thing I think that helps me the most is, you know, is reading aloud. Um, oh, reading your own stuff. Yeah. And whether it's just to myself, you know, alone right here or in groups, um, you know, and the, just the process of verbalizing the language you know, it closes the the cognitive feedback loop. Um, is it this way or is it this way? Uh, <laughs> I guess it's this way. Um, you know, so that hearing, verbalizing the words on, you know, that you've written, that I've written, and then hearing them, and then especially if I'm aware of other people receiving those words, there's just an immediate process of, oh, hmm, yeah, okay, now I want to change this. It's, you know, just again a, a distillation that goes on um so i don't know that that's always it's, it's interesting for me i always find it really rough to to look back at my stuff um i mean there's a process of self-acceptance i mean i think i think looking at your own writing it's just it's always like you know listening to your own voicemail recording or something it's just like like it always has that self-hatred just just built into it and so you know you're seeing you're seeing yourself exposed and not even necessarily what the content is but just like oh this is kind of the structure of my thought these are my limit you know you become kind of aware of your limits with some things and it's just like oh my god is that is that really me but then you know, but, but then you know because you do have to look at your stuff and at, at some point you just get to this thing of of accepting accepting that so i don't know i mean i I'm feeling that a lot of what we talk about with editing has to do with kind of where the process of self-acceptance sort of comes in um, yeah i sense that i i think that's true for myself too you know because you know maybe i just waited long enough in life to you know to start writing to at this point i'm like I'm good, you know, I'm just like happy with, uh, happy enough with myself that I'm, you know, I'll, I'll put it out do, there. Do you, do you feel that you were using, you're kind of using addiction as, as the hinge for a lot of kind of how, how you're structuring it? I mean, you're, you're choosing from a lot of things through your life. And I mean, it's, you have this great title, just, but the, but the feeling of kind of running into these different addictions and these sort of different, Traps and cul de this kind of feeling. Is that is that sort of the organizing principle you were going in with? Yeah. So you asked me if addiction is sort of the you know the organizing principle of um, 
this book that I'm working on. Yes, it's one of the primary themes. Absolutely. Um, but not the primary theme, I would say. Um, yeah. You know, for me, it's not primarily a story of, you know, addiction and recovery. Um, it's kind of the, you know, which is a classic narrative. Um, because it's more about discovering the voice of self, you know, getting into finding, digging down enough to find myself, my identity. And again, the, you know, the voice, the voice of self and writing is certainly a big part of that. Um, And it was that process that, you know, gave me some more clarity about my, for example, my relationship with alcohol and that that led me to change that relationship, not the other way around, for example. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, it's something that I kind of get from you is is this sense of of writing as being as being very, very kind of salvational, that that it's a a way of of getting to a a clarity and a peace of mind. Uh, which is cool. And it, it brings up a lot of different thoughts that I have. I mean, I just I don't have any terrible addictions right now, but I th- often think that if I really look at how my day is structured and kind of what's really happening through the day, I mean, it, it feels like a series of compulsions. I mean, I think I have there's sort of a compulsive streak in my personality, and yeah. you know, I just have a bunch of these things. And I often think about writing as being just kind of one of the compulsions, and maybe it's. And it's sort of right on the line between something that's sort of healthy and not healthy. And sometimes it's like, you know, I mean, it probably impact, you know, adversely affected my ability to, you know, make money, have sort of stable, a stable life in different ways by by having this compulsion towards towards writing sometimes. But then on the other hand, it does often just feel like the healthiest thing that you can possibly do. <laughs> And, yeah. and I always get curious what people who don't write, like, like, how do they spend all their alone time? Like, what do you, you know, we have all this solitary time. And basically for me that it feels like that's, that's the time when you're supposed to be working on writing and you, know, you struggle yeah. with it. And some, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work, but it's just like, like that time is basically carved out for it. So uh, it's, I mean, in terms of, what you do with your solitude, which is a big question for everybody. It's like I mean, that, that feels like, like as healthy of a way of dealing with it as anything can. So. Yeah. I mean, well, you brought up a bunch of things there. Um, a series of compulsions. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm part of what, I mean, to me, it's like what comes up there is, is that, you know, in a way our modern life, it's like, you know, we're, I often say that I'm like, I'm hungry for vice. Okay. (laughs) Hungry for vice because my time is not occupied, you know, trying to feed myself essentially. Right. If I'm out in the mountains, you know, and I I just spent a couple of weeks backpacking in the Sierras. I often do, you know, the contrast is out there. There's very little to do. And yet my day is entirely full. I'm never sitting around going, 
oh, what should I do for the next half an hour? You know, I might have half an hour to sit and journal or write for a little bit. But for the most part, you know, I'm walking, eating, sleeping. That's pretty much it. Um, whereas here, there's lots of things to do. And yet there's far more time, like you said, kind of alone time to just, well, what am I, what do I do with this time? Right. You know, again, one is like the mirror image of the other. And so, you know, of course, in our like consumptive, you know, society and culture, we, we, you know, we tend to fill that time with compulsions and consumption um, and, and maybe some creation, right? Maybe some creativity, some expression. Um, yeah. and that's, you know, for me, a big part of, yes, you, you mentioned kind of salvation, you know, a big part of where the, the wheel started to turn the other way, you know, from a depressive cycle of addiction and consumption and compulsion to a, you know, a generative cycle of, um, you know, less compulsion, more real freedom, right? The freedom not to choose, not to have the freedom to choose all the time, but the freedom to not have to choose. Yeah, that's a big deal, man. I mean, it feels like that's that's something that that you've, I'm sure, done a lot of, I mean, I've read about it, you've written about it, uh, done a lot of internal work to sort of get there, to basically turn turn the dial the other way. Yeah, get the wheel turned the other way. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, uh, that that was hard, right? Yeah. That was hard. That's that's that was hard, <laughs> and it's hard for so many of us, right? I mean, so many of us, you know, had the wheels kind of turning, you know, more or less the wrong way. You know, I mean, it's you know we're in a it's a, either a maybe not a, a fast, you know down but a sort of a slow grind of a downward spiral um yeah. and i mean fuck that <laughs> jesus christ that's not what we're here for uh, <laughs> but i know how it works because i you know i've been there i've been there a lot yeah yeah so that to go back to you know question i asked you a little while ago is like that is kind of that feels like my project or part of my project certainly my project with this book is to tell that story you know my own my story of you know of turning that wheel around um and well that that's certainly the project for the book yeah 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 i mean i feel strongly that this is really what our lives are about i mean it's really it's really about self-work and it's really about this you know these very grueling kind of internal battles They're like that's that's kind of the the thing that matters and yeah i mean if i'm reading it's really essentially what i want to be seeing i mean that's that's the big thing i guess probably i'm thinking about what i share i probably probably on substack i mean i've been sharing things that are across different genres so it feels so they have so they they all have different kind of emotional weight to them so sometimes it's you know, sometimes it's the feeling of, uh, you know, just just wanting to talk about politics. And sometimes it's like, you know, yeah. a thought about sort of how we live now and it's dealing with that. But it's, yeah, I mean, the stuff that I really try to write about in fiction is pretty much this 
dimension of what you're describing, which is basically, you know, how how do people figure out what sort of the real trajectories are of their lives and, um, and yeah, this sort of stuff. Okay, I, I I didn't realize that. I haven't. It's funny because I don't gravitate so much to fiction. I I haven't read your fiction. I've read a bunch of your other stuff. More of what I find of your writing is, you know, there's a lot of commentary um, and kind yeah. of analysis, uh, you know, cultural criticism and analysis and commentary and, you know, less of the, like, personal experience. So I, I, I hear you saying that, is it that, you know, your kind of personal experience gets channeled into into your fiction? Yeah, I, I do. I do a few things. Um, I'm a, probably a little bit less self-exposing than, than you are, at least at, at this stage in my life. So, um, so the, the, there's a bunch of stuff I write that are basically personal essays. So there, there's some, I call them travel essays, but they're really personal essays. They just have to do with trips in different places. And yeah. then the fiction, the fiction that's on there, which which is by far the the least read of of what's posted there, is also the stuff that you know, I put the most energy in and sort of care the most about. And that's, it tends to be about different things, but it, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is sort of about sex, but a lot of it's about like, um, yeah, a lot of it comes from just sort of millennials lives, but it's usually, it's usually these feelings of like people people getting to some painful knowledge or other that it's like, you know, we, you know, we really, we're really all trying to, you know, to be good people and lead good lives. And then, but then at some point there are just, there's some things in the world and there are some things in our psychology that just like create this pit. And then you kind of go into the pit and it's like, um, usually that's kind of where I end the story is that some, you kind of figure out that, that pit one way or another. Okay. Um, I, I do think about addiction a lot. Addiction comes up, and it just feels feels like such a a powerful metaphor for kind of everything in modern world, Western world, and it's just you know everybody I know is addicted to something or other. So addiction is man, it's such a thing. You know, it's like I didn't know anything about it, and I never used to think that. You know, I never thought I was addicted to anything. I you know even you know I, I you know and then. I finally kind of turned the corner with that. And I realized like if, you know, one way to define addiction is like when you find yourself doing something, still do, you know, still doing something that you don't actually like doing, yeah. you know, that you, that's like, you kind of think you like it, or maybe you like it for five minutes, but you don't really like it, but you, you still do it because of the habit, the compulsion, the, the pattern, um, you know, um, the uh, neurological pathway that has just been traveled so often that it just becomes, you know, too easy to fall into. Um, and, you know, once I grasped that, yeah, I began to see, well, Jesus Christ, yeah, there are kind of a lot of things, like you said, about, about modern life. And it becomes a very powerful paradigm, I think, to think, you know, to think about things or to, you know, of awareness, really. You know, because now when I find myself, if I find myself doing something that I don't actually like doing, whether it's habitual or not, now I tend to be very clear, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. 
you know, I'm not going to do that because the last thing I want to do is set up a pattern of doing something that I don't actually like doing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just something I was thinking about the last couple of days. I'm in a Muslim country right now, and it had I was sort of getting a sense of of some of the pretty deep ways that I think people's approaches are are different. I mean, one thing I realized, like you know, praying five times a day is a lot. It's a lot of times per day, and then just something in sort of the culture. I was just having a conversation about people taking their their shoes off when they walk into a house. And they're really shocked that I don't sort of do that. And there's this whole way about really trying to keep your house clean and this yeah. feeling of like, like, you know, people have a lot of attention to just sort of their, their state of being. And to my eyes, it feels like people aren't doing that much through the day. I get sort of restless with, with uh, other people, but, but there is, there is this energy of like, you know, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to maintain a rhythm and a being all through your life. Mm-hmm. And I think what we do in the West, it's just, it's much, much more about doing. It's much more about like, you know, what, yes. what, what, what have you achieved? Um, and, and that can very easily ra- reroute into, you know, addictions and compulsions. And mm-hmm. because usually with the compulsion, there's, there is some feeling of like, yeah, you know, I, I achieve this. There's a feeling of doing that. I'm not saying one way is better than the other. It's just sort of like, you know, these are kind of the prices that you pay. But then, but then talking about writing as a salvational activity, it's like there's definitely a compulsive element to writing. But then you go, you go through that and then you make this wonderful product. You know, you, you find this sort of redemption in your own life. So. Yeah, I feel that distinction as well. And um, I mean, sure, you know, I love to do things and I still find I find myself compelled, you know, by fucking around with my computer, for example. <laughs> you know, I grew up with computers. I was a, a programmer even, at, you know, early in life as a kid and even in my 20s, you know, and, you know, computers are a tool. You have to do a certain amount of gardening to like really keep it running well and make it work the way you want it to work. Fair enough. But, and I, I spent a lot of time just dicking around with little settings and things. And, you know, you could say it's kind of productive, but it's like, I mean, it's also just kind of compulsive, you know, it's, it's, um, and, you know, avoiding doing more productive things, you know, when I'm doing that. Um, but Hey, at least I'm not, you know, just uh you know drinking jug wine you know by myself so <laughs> you know <laughs> although that was productive enough for Bukowski I mean uh, <laughs> you know worked for him guys still famous you know okay so maybe let's shift gears a little bit and like I mean one thing if we just go back to talk a little bit about Substack and about um community of this group that you're involved in in her life and similarly i have a group that i started recently and we have we we have at least one fellow member in common um just Dolitzel. so tell me about that group and you know what that is and and also just about community yeah so that's it's just all mary Tabor, and we just kind of noticed that we were commenting on each other's stuff and and there seemed to be sort of a a corner forming in Substack. And we were just like, you know, trying to create good energy and trying to 
you know, get uh, tied with with all boats rising. So yeah. that was so it was a, it was a pretty simple thing to do. So um, I mean, honestly, we we don't put a huge amount of energy into it. We pretty much just each uh, restack one of our. We each have a week every three weeks and restack one post that we're doing and then select some other writer from the Substack universe to 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 repost something of theirs. And yeah, I mean, I I think this is the direction that Substack should go in. I mean, I was I was really I was really thrilled to see that series on masculine on fatherhood. Sorry. And yeah. Was what, what was it? It was like six, seven essays, and they were all... six of us. Yeah, in 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 the group that I started, we don't have a name yet, so we just so far we're just calling it this group, you know. But um, that was our first series. Uh, we'll be doing another one in uh, in about six weeks. Yeah, but they were great, and I haven't seen anybody else do that. So, like writing is always individual. I mean, it's always yeah. a very solitary experience, and it's and and that's more than anything else more than like writing a good book or telling a good story or whatever it just feels like it's this activity that you kind of get in line with your own interiority or your own soul and and you you, know, you find a channel to 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 say your truth uh and that's what i feel it to be but it's also fucking lonely a lot of the time and and so the in the last however many years where it just felt like it was a lot of stuff kind of piling up on my laptop. I mean, there was, there was this feeling of like, you know, where are the other people, you know, how do you find the other writers? And just for one reason or another, I wasn't finding them by like running into them for drinks in New York, or if I did, they were just bitching about people. I mean, it's an unbelievable number of people who write on Substack and write regularly and write interesting stuff. And so I'm finding people all the time and you know, everybody's generous. So, I mean, it just feels, you know, God willing, <laughs> it just feels like, like this is kind of what, you know, what the internet's supposed to be. And, and just, you know, more and more people finding ways to, to identify and to promote each other. And I mean, I realized something that I noticed is that just kind of the the way the publishing industry is set up and has been for hundreds of years, we get into a lot of these things. There's, there's sort of a cult of genius, and there's this this very zero sum game where it's like, you know, who is the the best writer of the moment? You know, who does everybody else have to imitate? You know, who's who's going to get you know the awards at the end of the year? And it's like, why why are we thinking that way? It's insane. It's like, I mean, there are obviously a lot of people have interesting lives and have interesting things to say. And, you know, and your job as a reader, as part of a writing community is to try to, you know, not hog the blanket, try to, you know, shine a light on as many people as possible while honoring your own narcissistic creative drive. And I, I really, you know, like people who, who are achieving that. And I really like finding ways to, to spotlight and to promote each other. So I haven't seen this before. I mean, this is not how publishing industry works. So it's it's very, very just cool to see it happen. I share your feeling about, well, about community and about, you know, supporting each other. Um, I, I've always been very kind of community minded, at least in my, 
I don't know, external life as a, you know, not so much in my, in my personal life. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, because I had a, a conference business for many years, which is, you know, it's professional community. That's, that's what, you know, that business was. That's, that's the service or the product that we provided. Part of trying to bring to my own life here as a writer is, yes, an explicit effort to support each other's growth. Um, and that, that's like the founding principle of this group that I started a few months ago. Um, you know, it's, it's not just to support each other or be in community as writers. It is to support each other's growth. And that doesn't just mean, you know, more readers, but it doesn't not mean more readers, (laughs) you know, it's like, that's okay to support each other in finding audience. Yes, we, let's do that. Um, it also means to support each other's growth as writers, right? You know, expanding our abilities and our consciousness and expression. Um, and it also means supporting each other kind of in a very visceral day-to-day kind of way, just knowing that, hey, you're, you know, we're not alone. Um, yeah. you know, we're doing this work, okay, by ourselves, yes, but there are other people who know who you are, who are kind of paying attention, you know, who you can reach out to, who you could talk about stuff with, you know, man, I didn't used to believe in doing that sort of thing. You know, I was a kind of against everything, you know, but this is definitely part of one of the changes, you know, for me in life is like, you know, now I, I, I really believe in that and I, I see the value in doing it. And, um, and, and I will add, you know, kind of, Perhaps just because I'm a man, you know, but kind of especially for men, you know, or just as a, you know, as as a man myself, it's like I feel to do that for myself as a man, but also like for other guys, too, you know, because we we often, you know, lack connection. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. I mean, you write really interestingly about masculinity. Um, I mean, for one thing, just if you want to talk more about that, but I guess I was also curious about kind of thinking through your journey with with masculinity and sort of your journey with with writing and the creative process and whether those two things sort of go together or feed off each other. I don't really know how, I mean, sure, they're related somehow, um, but... um, you know, the topic of masculinity or just like, you know, my identity as a man, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a person who happens to be a man. Um, yeah. You know, that to me is a fruitful topic. Um, and, you know, it, it's definitely a topic that's in the zeitgeist also now in in our culture, you know, thankfully, I, you know, I'm glad that it is. Um, you know, of course, it's a... a it's as complicated as you want to make it or as fraught as one wants to make it or or it's just also about sharing my personal experience you know it can be as simple as that like that's part of what i'm trying to do too is like i think for the most part the answer to the question of like what is masculinity or what does it mean to be a man is answered mostly by just more men speaking or expressing themselves right no, because I mean, there's a lot more to say or, or talk about, but that's one that's one answer to it. It's like 
And more of us just need to fucking say and write and, you know, talk about what life is like. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's funny. It's like a hard topic to, to talk for, for me to talk about somehow. Um, sure. I mean, I guess I was really in this generation where there, there was a feeling that, that there was this sort of feminist breakthrough and that that was really what mattered and that, you know, we were still we were still kind of making progress. And so it was really the role for men to sort of take a step back and, you know, allow women to be themselves and express themselves. And that that was sort of the way I was thinking about it when I was about college age. And then, and then I think, and I think I've gone through, through some, some different spins since then. And there's just, there's just more of a sense, honestly, that like, you know, men and women have, have very different, emotional registers and very different trajectories in their lives and so yeah so i mean recently this whole kind of crisis of masculinity thing i've been you know it's just forced me to to think about this stuff a little bit more i don't know that i have a position other than you know particularly other than like you know i think it's important to speak my truth my experience to express myself and i and i'm and i'm yes i'm encouraging you know all the men i know to do the same you know just and yeah whatever comes out you know i mean say it man <laughs> you know it's like uh is is my first point of view i guess um yeah right i mean i guess the the position that i have at the moment which is kind of stupid is just like it's a valid topic. It's it's something that that's kind of okay to talk about. And I mean, even a, a few years ago, sort of the the milieu I was in, there was a little bit of a feeling of oh, if, yeah. if you're talking about you know masculinity or manhood or any of this stuff, that you're being kind of coded right wing in some way. And right. and I think that's that's something that's that's really shifted for me is just this feeling of you know oh there you know there's a very particular emotional journey that you go through. That you go through as a male and it's worth grappling with and you can't kind of you can't pretend it's not there you can't pretend that that that, that doesn't exist and there was kind of a signal to that effect in the culture so i've been sort of moving away from that yeah well that's great that's great to hear i i um i you know i hear you i agree that signal was kind of there and you know, one of the things that's important for me personally is that, like, I don't, I don't put, I don't speak about things like that signal, so to speak. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not going to critique that signal. I guess what I mean to say is, like, negative stereotypes get reinforced by the repetition of the and the even the reference to the stereotype even someone saying i disagree with the stereotype reinforces the stereotype right, right, right. and my, you know that's how i feel and so my solution to that is like well if i don't if i disagree with the stereotype you know or the characterization i i'm i'm just not i'm not going to repeat the characterization even to protest the characterization i'm just going to talk about my experience first of all you know where where i feel to be going um that's what's important you know not sort of battling in the realm of you know 
is this uh, this idea versus that idea you know which i i i think you're saying the same thing you know but it's like that's to me that's an important it's kind of also like a, a boundary you know it's like i i know i'm not i don't want to enter into a battle about some term you know if i disagree with the term i mean what's the point so cool what, what's next for you on substack where, where are you going to be posting well, let's see. I sometimes it's related, you know, or, or part of this first book. Um, there's still, you know, the, there will be further edits and additional material that comes out that's part of that work as I move closer to publication. Um, but you know, then there's also just all the there's other stuff that you know I put out when, when I you know feel to uh, write about. Whatever kind of whatever I feel to write about, so I I, I guess that's uh, the answer is I don't have a particular plan, but I just keep doing what I'm doing. I'm sure just like you do, a long list of you know pieces in mind. I, I I'd like to write more about um I'd like to write about money. I'd like to write about sex. I'd like to write about um you know addiction and compulsion and and you know what else is this the word wild has come up much more for me lately and you know that's been a theme in a couple of recent pieces and and also in in a lot of the reading that i've done lately um sophie strand's book has been very impactful for me um her recent book called the flowering wand about masculinity actually uh it's fantastic i i really recommend that book for anyone interested in the subject you know it's not about like reclaiming some ancient fantasy of you know a hunter-gatherer wild past you know but it is about reconnecting with sort of a wild center you know an animal the animal center of humanness of of aliveness practicing that you know integrating that into our you know, modern world within the four white walls. How about you? What What are you working on? You know, some political writing, some stuff that's about kind of like the artistic intellectual web and then longer essays that I haven't been, <laughs> I haven't been getting around to. And then some some kind of shorter essays uh, that tend to be just reactive. You know, something comes up, I'm struck by something. And then, uh, and then, and then stories. And yeah, I mean, and just just really, you know, really trying to take the collaborative sides of Substack seriously. I mean, I think that's that's really important, and it just feels like uh, like, like trying to put energy into into finding kind of more and more writers. And you know, I mean, there's just always this feeling of of people are are very siloed, and sort of even within Substack, there's you're kind of in your own domain and I've been realizing that there's a way actually for me to rethink what writing is, which is much more kind of communally based. And it's not, it's not some giant fight of writers figuring out who's best. It actually is much more, um, you know, much more people sort of nourishing each other. And I think that that's a certain maturity that I'm going through and thinking about all of this. It's not, it's not all just kind of me, 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 that it's a lot of like, just, you know, paying attention to what other people are doing. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. You know, individual stories are also stories of us. And um, and and then to get what you were just saying, you know, what I heard there is this con- is a is a, is a conversation. You know, it's community, but writing as a conversation. And I think, I mean, that's how I think of art. You know, of, of art and creativity and expression, writing. It's not even if it's not necessarily an immediate conversation or a dialogue in writing, it's a conversation that goes on in, you know, in the community or in the culture. And um, that is, uh, that's a great, that's a great vision, Sam. Absolutely. And I, I, I share that. I'm going to think about that some more. That's a, that's a good place to, uh, to, to kind of go off from, I think also a, a great film, you know, Gene Hackman, the conversation. <laughs> I was thinking about your influences and this kind of stuff. And I did have a little bit of this kind of beat generation feeling. I think, you know, part of it was writing about addiction and part of it being in the being in the West and yeah. going on hikes and things like things that I don't do, things like that. Um, <laughs> a, feeling, a feeling of really grappling with emotional truth and really looking for kind of fulfillment and kind of move, moving, um, you know, moving, moving beyond one's pain. So anyway, anyway man, it seems like you're in a really good place. I'm, I'm very impressed with what you're doing and how you're transmuting a lot of you know, dark stuff that has happened and you're transmuting it beautifully. So it's very cool. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're picking that up. Yeah. The, uh, the alchemy, that's the, that's the work, right? From lead into gold. Well, Sam, great to meet you and get to know you a bit better. Okay, let's be in touch. Look forward to it. All okay. right, Sam. Thank you. Thanks again. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. This is Bowen here again, and I just want to encourage you to visit our Substacks to like, share, and subscribe. You can find mine at bowendwelly.substack.com. And Sam is at castaliajournal.com. Thanks again for listening.